is a life-changing message by the Reverend Sam Crunchy Ankara. Using your influence positively. Second Kings chapter 2 verse number 19 to 22. Second Kings how Elisha used the double portion of the anointing to influence families, lives, politics, politicians, business people in his days. Double portion is coming upon somebody. And you will never be an entity. You will influence society. People will read about you. And people will sit at your feet and take instructions from you. Your amen is small because you are too far. Then the men of the city said to Elisha, the men of the city, please notice the situation of this city is pleasant as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the ground barren. 20. And he said, bring me a new bowl. King James says, bring me a new cruise, a new vessel, a new container, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. 21. Then he went out to the source of the water and cast in the salt there. The source of the water and cast the salt in. And said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed thee this water today. From it there shall no more be death or barrenness. So the water remains healed to this day. According to the word of Elisha, which he spoke. Amen? Sometimes when you are dealing with an issue, and you don't know the genesis, the source of the issue, you will just be dealing and fighting a battle you will never win. When you have a sore on your leg or your body, you just, you just don't get up and then put on plaster. No. You need to dress the sore, deal with the germs and the virus that are in the sore. Then you put in the alcohol and then the medicine and the cotton, the cotton wool and then the plaster. It's very painful in that process. But that's the process that guarantees your healing. If you just go take the plaster and put it on the sore, you'll be putting plaster on virus and germs. You are likely to have problems. Elisha went to the source. And this week I'll be asking you to come and pray because some problems we need to go to the source. The problem the people were fighting in Jericho was as a result of 800 years of curse that had been pronounced upon the city by a man of God called Joshua. In Joshua chapter 6 and verse number 26. Joshua chapter 6 and verse number 26. Then Joshua, this was after the walls of Jericho had fallen, 
the army of Israel had invaded the land, taking over the land. Every enemy soldier had fallen. The only house that was saved was the house of Rahel. By virtue of a red scarlet which was hanging by the window, Joshua had commanded and said, let nobody in that house die because there is a covenant in that house. Everybody perished. Then Joshua, the man of God, said, at the time saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds this city, Jericho. He shall lay its foundation with his firstborn, and with his youngest, he shall set up its gates. 800 years later in 1 Kings, chapter 16 and verse number 34, in the days of Ahab, when sin abound, and I love the King James, the Bible says, and there was no king that provoked God like Ahab. In all the foolish things that he did in Israel, I love it. There was no king who provoked God. Sometimes we can provoke God with our actions and our activities. Then this man was taxed to do some building in Jericho. In his days, here, the Bethelite built Jericho. He laid its foundations at the cost of the life of Abiram, his firstborn, and set up its gates with the loss of his youngest son, Segob, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Joshua, the son of Nun. I don't know what you are fighting. But I stand on this altar and I tell you that that fight is coming to an end. Yeah. We are just fighting what we don't know, what we have no idea about. 800 years between when Joshua pronounced that and then second, first system is 800 years. What was the situation? The water in the city was so bad that number one, if women drank the water and animals drank the water, they never got pregnant. One. Two. Those that were pregnant, if they drank the water, they miscarried. Number three, sometimes the women who drank the water died. And the animals also died. So number one, there was, there was barrenness for both men and animals. And then number two, there was miscarriages for both women and animals. And then three, there was death for both men and animals. Four, when the water was used to water the ground, the ground immediately became unproductive. It would never yield any, any, any fruit and its increase. So the ground was also barren. So, if the ground was barren and there was no food, then it suggested that there was hunger also at the time, number five. Number five, it also suggested that if they could not raise animals, their main occupation was to sell animals. And if the animals were dying, it means that the people were poor. So, there was also poverty in the land. So, there was barrenness, there was miscarriage, there was death, there was hunger, there was fruitlessness. Six, there was poverty. Seven, deprivation. Fruitlessness and no productivity, I didn't know the same. Those were the things that the people were contending with. And they didn't know that a curse had been pronounced. Today we stand in the power of the blood and we reverse in the curse. Clap your hands, so shall no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. The Lord is setting somebody free right now. Wherever they have tied your umbilical cord in the spirit, we severe it right now. A 
and any supernatural and invisible hand that follows you into your interviews and your examinations so that your best subjects come with bad results today on the altar of mercy we are bringing that problem to an end whoever pronounced it whoever caused it whatever wherever they are coming from in the days of our double in the days of the blood in the mighty name of jesus i command that the hand of the enemy is broken clap your hands and shout freedom shout again and say freedom shout again and say freedom let the devil hear you freedom freedom free Elisha solved the problem. Three things. Number one, when you come to the stage where nothing is working for you, nothing is moving, everything has come to a standstill. It's a situation that calls for a higher anointing. It means that your power cannot meet the standard anymore. It means that what you have, what you know, the knowledge you have is insufficient. You need a higher power, a higher anointing, higher grace, higher anointing, higher power, higher grace, higher, higher, something that is higher than you, bigger than you, to fight the demon which is fighting you. And the man came to Elisha. The men of the city came to Elisha. The men of the city came to Elisha. The men came. The men came. What is wrong when you leave your house and say, I am going to church? What is wrong? Lots of you listening to me at home. What is wrong? What is wrong to come to the place where you know that your degree notwithstanding, your money notwithstanding, your influence not, what, not, notwithstanding, something is eating you up. Sickness is eating your body. The devil is destroying your marriage. Your children are on drugs. Your family has scattered. Why can't you humble yourself? And go and seek a higher power and higher anointing. Something which is bigger than you. You know your problem? Your problem is that I don't go to churches that I am older than. Who told you that you are older than any church? Who told you? Royal House Chapel is just an appendage of the universal church called the Ecclesia. The universal church. You are not older than the universal church. If that were the case, then the church that you are older than the church that is older than us, when they open a branch behind your door, don't go because you are older than that branch. When they open a branch on your street, you go. Even though you saw them digging the ground. You are older than that branch, but you are not older than the tree, the foundation, which is Christ Jesus. You are not older. Oh, 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 you know your problem? You see, these young men, oh, they can't talk. Hey, you watch him. Very soon, you start taking money from the people. Oh, please, what money? Slap those hands and clap and give God some praise. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. That's what Jesus Christ said. With or without you, God will build his. 
There comes a time when what is harassing you and troubling you, you've got to look for a higher power. The altar is bigger than you. The God of this altar is bigger than you. The power on this altar is bigger than you. The sacrifices of the blood on this altar is bigger than you. Anything that you, you are going through and whatever, this altar and, and the God of this altar is so big that it can suppress, it can subdue that thing. You must go to the man of God. You must humble yourself. Take a step. I'm, I'm older than the church. Oh, well, yeah. That church, they close too late. We close late. My boss, when I was doing national service, called me to his office and said, I have heard that when you've been preaching to the students, instead of teaching. I said, sir, I use the break time. He said, nonsense. The break time, the students need to think. Preaching to them what... The next time you are reported to me, I will fire you. I said, yes, sir. And I left his office. Years later, I had finished preaching. And I was standing at the gate. And Mercedes-Benz pulled. Some people came out. Well, can't you recognize us? I said, yeah, 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 I can. Our father is in the car. He's sick. He's at the point of death. And he says, we should bring him to you to pray for him. I said, it's too late. The time I should have prayed for him was when he called me into his office. That was the time I should have prevented this sickness. God would have prevented this sickness. Can I give you an advice? Humble yourself. And know that every human being, from president to the least, God created you and made sure that everything he gives you, wisdom, money, everything notwithstanding, there's one thing that God didn't give you. Well, you know what God didn't give you, my son? God didn't give you the ability to know all things and ability to solve all problems. He didn't give that one to you. When we talk about intelligence, you have it. Wisdom, you have it. But there is one thing God didn't give you. God didn't make you all sufficient so that you will not need him. Wisdom he gave you. Health he gave you. Money he will give you. But relationship and dependence upon him for your future, that one, it's in the hands of God. Future, God didn't show you. That's why when you are going to marry, you have to seek his face. Because you don't know 10 years from today, 20 years from today. So you don't just get up and marry. That's why when you are traveling, you have to commit the journey into God's hands. You don't just get up and travel because you don't know what is in the, in the journey. That is why when you are going to write examination, apart from studying, you must pray because the studies notwithstanding, you also don't know what is going to appear on the paper. And sometimes you do not know what the devil can do in the examination room. You know the thing, but by the time you are writing it, you've gone blank. Anything at all can happen. Which is why you can never live without God. God is like water. When you are thirsty, drink Coca-Cola, drink Fanta, drink Lamlay, drink everything. It will never satisfy your thirst. But when you drink the original, which is water, you will feel satisfied. God is like water. As the deer panted after the water, so my soul longeth for thee. And the men of the city came to Elisha. They came to Elisha's God. They came to submit. They came to tell Elisha, Elisha, 
this is a problem. People are dying. We heard that you are the new prophet in town. Can you do something? I will deal with mockery. Those who laugh at you and make fun of you, please leave them. You don't need them in your life. Leave them. You are going to church and they are laughing at you. You are doing the right thing. The songwriter says, and I will run to you, to your words, to your, to your words, words of truth. Because, because there's nothing that is so true than the word of God. Yeah, yeah, that's a counsel. It's not by mind. It's not by, it's not by who you are. It's not by your beauty. It's not by your knowledge. But by the spirit. True story. True story. There's a certain big man. He's so rich and he's so wealthy. You don't read Bible in his house. You don't go to church in his house. You don't mention Christ in his house. You do, he fires you. But who can fight God and win? Who? The things he has gone through. For daring to fight the power of God. Sometimes you need a higher anointing. Sometimes you need an altar to speak for you. Sometimes you need the word of God. Sometimes you need the power of God. Sometimes you need the spirit of God. Sometimes you need God's direction. Sometimes you need a prophecy. Sometimes you need hands to be laid upon you. Sometimes. There comes a time when you need hands to be laid upon you. There comes a time when you need oil to be poured upon your head. There comes a time when sometimes you need to drink the blood. There comes a time when sometimes you have to go to the altar. There comes a time when sometimes you have to fast. There comes a time when you have to hear the word of God. There comes a time when you have to receive direction. There comes a time sometimes when you have to receive a prophecy. There comes a time sometimes when you have to receive counsel. You are not bigger than God. You are not bigger than the word of God. You are not bigger than the spirit of God. But don't bring me an ordinary bowl. Bring me a new bowl. Bring me a new vessel. I don't want an old. Because an old vessel may be contaminated. An old vessel, something may be wrong. Don't give me an old one. Bring me a new one. And put salt inside and bring it to me. And then he went to the source of the river. He said, thou river be healed from today. I command barrenness to leave you. Let there be solution. One day we were doing deliverance for a woman who comes to church here. The daughter was pregnant. And the pregnancy was going to the 11th to the 12th month and the girl was not delivering. So she came and called us and I asked my prayer team to go to her house. So when they got there, I gave them anointing oil. I said when they go, they should anoint the four corners of the house and no witch will fly out. Every witch must be arrested. No witch will fly over your roof. The anointing will be too strong. When they fly over, their wings will be cut off and they shall fall down. And when they fall down, all their intestines will cast out. Somebody, you didn't hear the word of God. Clap your hands and shout. There shall be a performance. Oh! They anointed the four corners. And then they started praying in the lounge. As they were praying, they heard somebody screaming from the kitchen. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. 
Do you know why I'm here? I was sent to come and then kill the baby. And then you are worrying me. So they stopped and asked, who is there? Said the maid servant. Said, wow. Bring her. When they brought her, her eyes were glowing. Leave me alone. Leave me. I'll kill this child. They said, they said you can't kill this child. Pick the power. Oh, you people, you don't know what we have done. All the cooking utensils here, we have, we have bewitched all the cooking utensils. So all the food, when we cook and we are eat, they are eating, they are not eating proper food. You don't know. <laughs> and that's for you, the glass, your special glass. Oh, our queen mother, every night, she comes here to come and drink with your glass. Yeah, apostle, and man, then. Man, then. Me. Me. Me, cuckoo. I see, I see, apostle, there are men cuckoo in Anna. Yeah, baby, baby, baby. I said, me and then. I said, go and throw all of them away. I said, yeah. I said, buy a new one. There comes a time when the bowl that God wants to use must be a new vessel. What is the new vessel? Your old character. God will not need it in this season. God will not need your old language. God will not need your old friends. Your old friends that are not challenging you and motivating you to holiness. Clap your hands and say, get out. Some people must live your life. You must start speaking some language. Some attitude, you must place them in the old stage. Because God is about to do a new thing. Jesus was teaching about the new wine skin and the old wine skin. And then he said, when you prepare a fresh wine, you don't put the fresh wine in an old wine skin. Because a biological and a chemical reaction called fermentation will take place and it will burst the wine skin. The wine skin in those days used to be animal skin sewn into a bag and then the wine was kept in it. Now, if the wine was a new wine, it will go through a process of fermentation and I'll try and see if I can recollect some of my chemistry and biology. Fermentation is the process where a carbohydrate or sugar or yeast turns into carbon dioxide and produces alcohol accompanied with heat. Now, when the gas, carbon dioxide is emitted, it will start looking for a place to escape. So it will start stretching the wine skin. Now, it's, if it's a new wine skin, it will stretch it to the limit and the point of the fermentation. But if the wine skin is an old one, the moment fermentation starts taking place where the alcohol is needed, it will break the skin. And then you lose all your alcohol. Everything is gone. What God wants to do is so big that it will stretch you. And the old attitude and the old language will burst. And you waste the anointing. Bring me a new bowl and put salt inside. From today, and the old friend who is not helping your cause, I get him out of your life. And I bring you new ones so that when fermentation starts taking place, you can contain the container. Are you hearing what I am saying?
Behold, a new thing will I do, saith the Lord. Shall you not know it? It will spring forth. For you shall consider no longer the former things, nor the things of old. Why? Because what God is going to do is big. Hear me. God has the ability and power to make you rich. His problem is that riches will stretch you. And if you are not well trained and you haven't changed your attitude, the thing can kill you. Clap your hands and say, I changed my language. I changed my attitude. Stop the language of yesterday. Speak new language. So, I don't have mother, I don't have father, and you'll be crying every day. Eh, I don't have father. Eh, I don't have father. That's an old language. Let it go. This say, today is a new day, a new beginning. This is a new marriage. Whether you didn't have mother or father, today you are going to be a mother, and you'll be a better mother to your children, and you'll be a better father to your children. Bring me a new ball. New day, new season, new beginning. Don't cry over the, over yesterday and what has gone. Don't cry. It's gone. I am a good father, even though I didn't have a good father. What I went through will help to shape my future. Start the old language. Get the old attitude. It's a new day. It's a new season. Put salt inside. Number one. Salt is a symbol of loyalty, permanency, and perpetuity. Salt is the symbol of loyalty, perpetuity, continuity, and permanency. That's why the most potent covenant in the Bible is salt covenant. God told Jeroboam, don't you know that God gave the kingdom to David and his descendants by the covenant of salt. Don't you know that when God enters into a, co a salt covenant with you, it is perpetual. When God enters into salt covenant with you, it is continuous. When God enters into salt covenant with you, it is permanent. In the Oriental, Middle East, the tradition is still there to today. When you go to the house of an Egyptian or an Arab and he welcomes you before he signs any deal with you, he will bring a bowl of salt. You must eat salt together. When you eat salt together, it means that the covenant is permanent, perpetual, unbreakable. Put salt into that vessel because that vessel, his relationship is hanging. I am going to make permanent his relationship. Put salt in that vessel because his marriage is hanging. I am going to make permanent his marriage. Put salt in that vessel because his academic pursuit is hanging. I am going to make it permanent. Put salt in that ve vessel because his health is hanging. I'm going to permanent and make it permanent his health. Put salt in him. When you go through salt covenant, God makes things permanent and perpetual in your life. <laughs> Clap your hands and shout in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and shout in the name of Jesus. I receive permanency. Money comes into your hand and money goes away. It's over. It's over. It's over. Salt is a symbol of perpetuity. Number two, salt 
is the symbol of life and preservation. Salt is the symbol of life and preservation. Life and preservation. When you want your fish to stay long, you sprinkle salt on it so that your fish can stay long. Preservation. So that your fish can have longevity of life. Put salt in that bowl. Because that vessel is going to receive life. Put salt in that vessel because that vessel is going to receive preservation. Your life will be preserved and no devil can penetrate. The amen was very weak. I clap your hands and say, I receive this one. Come on, clap your hands and shout again and say, I receive this one. Clap your hands and say, I receive life and preservation. Number three, salt is the symbol of taste and influence. Taste and influence. Taste and influence. Mark chapter 9 verse 50. Salt is good. It adds taste to your food. When salt is absent, when you eat, the food is something in your mouth. You can see that your food has no influence. Because the thing that influences the food is not there. May your life influence somebody. Say amen. Amen. Number four. Salt is medicinal. It's a symbol of medicine and health. When babies are born, Salt will be used to rub their bodies. It will absorb some fluid in their bodies and make their bodies healthy and strong. So salt is medicine and gives health. Number five, salt is an industrial commodity. In the world of winter, when snow falls on their streets, they'll come and spray salt on all the streets. It will clear the snow and it will strengthen their roads so that they can use their roads one more time. When you hear the word asphalt, asphalt, asphalt road, asphalt road, the word asphalt simply means salt. So the road on which we are driving here right now, there is salt inside the road. Salt is so important, it influences. And in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13, Jesus says, ye are the salt of the earth. If salt loses its taste, then it is thrown down and men walk upon it. Ye are the salt of the earth. So God now equates you with salt. So God says you must be influential. God says you must change somebody's life. God says you must produce life. God says you must produce money. You must produce wealth. You must be salt. That's who you are. Clap your hands and shout, I am salt. Say it again. Let the devil hear you. Say it again. Shout it on top of your voice. Let it happen to you like that. May you influence your society. May you influence your neighbors. May you influence your students. May you influence your children. May you influence your marriage. Be salt. A certain man ran to his pastor, panting. Pastor, pastor, I had a nightmare. 
Pastor had a nightmare. Pastor said, Calm down, calm down, calm down. My son, calm down. He said, Pastor, when he calmed down, Pastor said, What happened? What, what did you see? He said, Pastor, I saw hell. I saw hell. Pastor said, Tell me. The guy was not speaking, so the pastor went ahead. Did you see the hell's fire? Fire Benny said, Pastor, I saw it. Did you, did you see people wailing and gnashing their teeth? He said, Pastor, I saw all. What else? What, what happened? He said, Pastor, the fire put aside the wailing. What I saw that put fear. And Pastor, please, I've come for you to pray for me. Pastor said, Speak to me now before I pray for you. He said, When he went to hell, they took him to a room and they showed him a video. In the video, he saw himself one day when he sat with some churchgoers and they were arguing about tithing. And he argued and told the people that, ah, tithe! Oh, please, please. It's an Old Testament biblical thing. Pastors are using tithes and offering to steal money from you people. And then he told them, look, I was in this church. Pastor used our tithe to go and buy a car. And I stopped. He convinced the people. And the people stopped paying tithe. And then they showed him the video. And then they showed him another one. There one uh, he was talking with some people. And they were debating about drinking of alcohol. Uh, and then in the, in the video, he convinced the people, look, when you're a Christian, one bottle of Guinness is okay. One bottle of beer, if you drink, it's okay. What, what is it? What is, when you drink one bottle of beer, what, what is it? Hey, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. In the video, they showed him how he convinced the people, how he influenced the people. And one of them started drinking one bottle of beer. And then one wanted to do two. And one wanted to do three. One wanted to do four, five. Now the beer was not alcoholic enough. Started drinking whiskey. And the person became a drunk. They showed him in the video. Then they showed him another one. He was arguing with some believers about sex before marriage. And then he said to them, uh, 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 You people, you are funny. How can you buy a dress that you have not tried? And in the video, they showed him convincing them. He said, look. If you are working with a man, you are not too sure whether the man is important or not. The only way to know that he's a man enough is to go to bed with him. Know that there's power in the thing, and then after that you marry him. What is this nonsense? Uh, 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 you don't have sex before you go to marriage. How can you buy a dress that you have never tried? How can you sell food that you have never tasted? This guy convinced them. And so after that, they all started, you know, fornicating. And some of them ended up getting one child here, two child here. And the video recorded all and they showed him. He said, Pastor, I have used my influence so negatively. My ability to talk. The power of speech. The ability to convince people. Instead of convincing people to righteousness, Pastor. I and the pastor said, thank God that you have not died. Change and repent. Now. Before it is too late. Show me whom you have influenced. Positively and negatively. Why is it that your compound, you are the only person who comes to church. Why is it that others don't follow you? Why 
is it that you cannot keep friendship with a girl for one year without going to bed with her? Why? During the youth camp, so, during the youth camp, when preaching was going on, somebody saw somebody. The person was in conversation with her boyfriend when hard preaching was going on. See, see, watch me. Everyone in your life, God created you to influence someone and to influence a situation. Please, take this one from me. Notwithstanding your educational background, my mother was an uneducated woman, but she influenced me to Christ. When she was going to all night, she asked me, Crunchy, you want to go? I said, yes, ma, I will go. And then she asked me, okay, sleep. I'll wake you up at nine. Nine, she will wake me up and I jump. All others will be sleeping. Illiterate woman, but she influenced me. What I am doing today is because somebody influenced my life positively. Yeah, the salt of this earth. When salt loses its influence and taste, it's thrown away. Don't be useless. Don't be thrown away. Don't let foot trampled upon you. You were born to affect something, somebody and something. Believe me, everyone, if what I was saying was untrue, how can you influence your children when you give birth? If what I was saying was not true, if you were firstborn and your mother is called to be with the Lord, how would you influence your siblings? Number two, my mother was poor. But she still influenced us. So it has got nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with education. All it has to do with change of attitude, change of perception, change of your mind. Old to new. To know who you are, what you are, what your responsibilities, what God has called you to do. A young man walked into our house and was security at the gate. The Security company that our church uses bring people to come and do security. Then, my wife and I, we, we have a taste for excellence and taste for intelligence. And we know everybody who works in our house. The intelligent ones, you give them one instruction and they carry it through. The other ones, you have to repeat yourself about 13 times. So we notice that this young guy was different. One instruction he carries through, sitting at the gate. And when we see that, we become very interested, and then we start prying into their background. So, uh, young man, uh, you seem to be intelligent. What brings you here as watchman? He says, oh, I have finished home Maui school, SHS. My father was taking care of me, died suddenly. My brother, who was also helping me, died. So, uh, I want to work for some time, make some money, and go back to school. So, I said, your mates, where are your mates now? His mates were three years ahead of him. I said, you, home Maoli. 
I don't see Mauli Secondary School around you at all. He says, oh, sir, it's true. I said, bring me your results. The following day, he brings me the results, ladies and gentlemen, A, A, B, B, A, A, B, B. I said, huh? Hey, B, B, what are you doing at this gate? So, I wrote a note with my letterhead, attached the results. I said, go to University of Ghana and go and give it to the registrar. The registrar asked her to come. Ladies and gentlemen, they admitted him to do BA economics or BSc economics, whichever. We paid his school fees. Ladies and gentlemen, he's finished. He's a graduate. Today he's a manager in Royal House Chapel. Influence. Change somebody's life. Add to somebody's life. That's who you are. That's what you are. That's why you are salt. Oh, pastor, I am a student. Yes. I was a student when I was, I was transforming lives. I was a student. And, and all the lives that are transformed when I was school prefect at Accra High School, most of them are deacons and elders of Royal House Chapel today. We did an expansion of our house. So when we expanded the house, the house became a little bit bigger for the number of staff that we had in the house. So we needed uh, more garden uh, men. Uh, we needed more cleaners. We needed more, uh, everything more. So a young boy was brought to us to add to the cleaning force. Young, lanky, hungry looking boy. So when he walked in, uh, we said, ah, you, can you do the work here? He said, yes, sir. We said, it's a lot of work, you know. When they start cleaning our house in the morning, they don't finish until evening. They break, they go and eat and come and continue. Can you, are you sure you can do this work? He said, yes, sir. So we saw that he was very intelligent, very smart. One instruction he carries through. Again, we became very curious. So we called him and said, you look very smart. He said, yes, sir. I went to Winneba Secondary School and uh, SHS. So what, what are you doing here? He says, I'm the firstborn and uh, there's no money. I want to work for some time and go back to school and then help my other siblings. Mm -hmm. Go and bring your results. Ladies and gentlemen, when he brought his results, perfect. And around this time, you know, when we spoke to him, we spoke to him only after he had worked in the house for one solid year. One year! Second year passed. Then the third year, we were just watching, we were using the second year to watch his character. Whether it's a new vessel, it's a new bowl. Because the salt and the new wine, when it's coming, it will stretch you. And if you are not ready, you will burst. And everything will spill on the ground. When God is going to put a blessing in your hand, you must be ready for the blessing. When God is going to give you a husband, you must be ready for the husband. When God is going to give you a wife, you must be ready. When God is going to give you children, you must be ready. 
Whatever God is going to place in your hand, you need some change of attitude, some change of thinking, some attitude in your head, some paradigm shift to be able to hold that which God puts in your hand. When we saw that his character was stable, he wasn't stealing. He was not truant. One morning he came to work and a surprise was waiting for him. Take this money. Go and buy university forms. You are going to university. I said, yeah. I said, Phil Legon, Phil Cape Coast. Phil all of them. Cape Coast University took him for Bachelor of Science Physics. Ladies and gentlemen, he finished this year. Yesterday, I was sitting at the dining table. Watch, watch this. I was sitting at the dining table, and then he walks in. He said, uh, good, good afternoon, Daddy. I said, ah, uh, you haven't seen you here for some time. He says, oh, I've started my national service. He's doing national service at Ghana Airports Company Authority. We have changed his life forever. We have changed. We have transformed their lives. We have added value. He is now a degree holder. He will marry and he will raise children. And what his father did to him, he will never do it to his children because it's a new day. It's a new bowl. It's a new vessel. New wine. New spirit. New wisdom. New language. Bring me a new bowl and put in salt. Then he went to the source of the water and he threw himself. From today, I influence this water and I influence this community. Stop producing barrenness and death. And the Bible says it happened according to the word of the man of till today. And do you know why they added till, till today? Do you know why? The Bible writers, when they got to that place, they stopped and they went to Jericho to go and find out. When they went, it was true. That's why they added that one. So, till today mean, meant till the time of writing the word. They went and checked. Because they were not ready to write in the falsehood. So, they went back to Jericho. And it's easy to calculate. The Bible is 400 years. So, you just have to subtract 400 years from Joshua. From Abraham to Moses is 400 years. You can calculate this in the Bible. And your descendants shall be slaves in Egypt for 400 years and after that I'll visit them. So Moses came after Abraham after 400 years. From Joshua to the prophets is another 400 years. From the prophets, there was a silence of 400 years between Malachi and Matthew. 400 years silence. No show. Nothing was happening. All the prophecies had gone to rest. But God was working around the scene. And then Luke chapter 1. God decided to instigate. And to ignite. The prophecy. And he came to Mary and said Mary. The prophecies which Isaiah gave some 800 years ago. Is about to be fulfilled through you. God has come on the scene. And then from the time they wrote the Bible. From the New Testament time to here. It's 400 years. So you can tell how long that prophecy. So you can also tell when they went back to Jericho to go and check 
the authenticity of the prophecy of Joshua, how long it was. Maybe some 1,200 years or 2,000 years. What is fighting you? Who has spoken something some years ago? This convention is your convention. Let me encourage some of you. When you are in a church like this, somebody's testimony must not intimidate you. Let the testimony ignite you to and provoke you to holy anger. By the grace of God, I finished my master's degree and our master's degree don't say, any anointing and any testimony you disrespect, you will never get that testimony. Today we celebrated one of my spiritual fathers and my spiritual mother. That my father's spiritual father is 80 years old and my spiritual mother is 73, 74 then. And they are 50 years in marriage. And I said to them, it's very easy to celebrate people's age. And we are clapping and we are giving praise to them. Why? Because we want to get to where they have gotten to. Hello? The same vein, when you hear people rich, celebrate their riches. Because when your time comes to be rich, you'll be richer than them. When people buy cars, don't be envious. When they pass exams and they go to university, don't be envious. Celebrate them. Because when your time comes to go better, you go better and you go further. Don't be intimidated. Somebody say, I hear you, Papa. Don't be intimidated by their testimonies. Rejoice and celebrate. Because you'll be bigger and better. Can I have somebody give me an, an amen? amen? Follow the spirit. Follow the word. Have somebody say, don't do follow, follow, don't do follow, follow. But follow the spirit. The race is not for the swift. But time and chance. You are sort of this earth. When you leave this place, go and change somebody. Change, transform somebody. Bring somebody to Christ. L affect them with your faith. Your altar must be their altar. Your God must be their God. This thing of you coming to church alone must stop. Usually around this time, when I'm working on the compound, three years ago, Ten young girls came to me. Apostle General, we just want to come and thank you. All of us, we benefited from the scholarship on Royal House Chapel. We've all finished SHS. And we want to come and thank you for paying our school fees. Tears were in my eyes. Ten beautiful girls. I said, I have paid your fees, but I'm more interested in the results. You go to university and get your degree. Then my joy is full. We have influenced. We have touched our generation. Who have you influenced? Whose life have you transformed? How many souls have you won for the kingdom? Who follows you to church? Your friends who stop coming to church, what have you gone to tell them? 
When you become chief executive, you need this point. So write it. I'm preparing you. How to influence people. How to influence people. Number one, be people conscious. Be people conscious. Be people conscious. Now what it means is, value the importance of people and invest in them. Value the importance of people and invest in them. The greatest influence and the greatest legacy you can leave and the greatest tribute that can be paid to you when you die is how many people line up to say you influence them positively. That's the greatest tribute. The people we put to invest in our workforce, they didn't come to us to ask us anything. None of them wrote application. They didn't ask. But somewhere, somehow, when we are talking to them, we discover that now this guy should not be a watchman here. This guy should not be cleaning kitchen. And then because we are people conscious and we value the importance of people, we go into conversation with them. Today we have changed their lives completely. Love people. Care for people. Is the greatest asset you can live for the kingdom. Number two. Tell your workers what you expect from them. Don't assume that they know. Share your vision. Tell them your expectation. Communicate with them. So, let's bring it home now. Don't assume that your children know what is in your head. Communicate to your children. Tell them your expectations of them. Tell them what you are expecting as they go to school. Tell them when they bring friends to the house what your expectations of them. The type of friends you want and the type of friends you don't want. Influence your children positively. You have a three-year-old boy who has started abusing people. Fool! Fool! Yeah, fool! Yeah, fool! And then you are laughing. <laughs> you are a foolish woman. Nonsense. What did you say? If I hear you say that again, I will spank you, okay? Go and apologize. Say, I'm sorry. Say, sorry. sorry. Give him one on the bottle. Spine, pine. Train up a child in the way he must go. And when he grows, he will not depart from it. Ye are salt of the earth. Tell your children what you expect from them. How can you be entering into relationship and breaking relationship? Are you a child of God? What is wrong with you? When I enter into relationship with my marriage, pain finished. Because we didn't open our mouth until the Holy Ghost gave us voice to speak. You are your flesh, 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 lust. Friendship, break, friendship, break, friendship, break, friendship, break, friendship, break. Shame! You are the salt of this earth. You are losing your saltiness. You know their problem? Sam, you know their problem? Their problem is that, oh, uh, the thing is not marriage, so I can break. Ha! 
Proposal is equal to marriage. Proposal is your intention to marry. You have to keep that intention. And then when you now consummate it and you marry properly, then it is sealed. That's why that one no go area. The fact that you declare your intention itself, you have married in the spirit. So, don't open your mouth when you are not sure. But the day you open your mouth, you are know that you are sure, 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 sure to the 10th degree. No, it's a journey of no return. When I told Mama Rita I wanted to marry her, finished. First proposal, maintained. Marriage maintained 32 years. good listener. If you want to influence people, listen more. Number four, listen. 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 When people are talking, don't interject. Don't be too know at the table that you know it all. That you talk and 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 nobody's talking. You influence nobody. As a matter of fact, when you have this attitude, everybody will be avoiding you. How does this apply to the family? When you become a father and a mother, you must have a listening ear. Otherwise, your children will never tell you anything. And children have a lot of secrets that they can share. If you are not a listening mother and you are not a listening father, when your daughter wants to take a boyfriend, she will never come and tell you. But when you are a listening father and a listening mother, they will share everything with you. So when they are going to make mistakes, you will know and correct them. Shut up, shut up. You are too no. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Don't, don't worry me. Oh, yeah. Your son, your child will close up. Just be gentle. Say, look, look, son, you know what? I'm very busy now. I'm going to church. But when we, 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 we come from church, I'm going to listen to you. Is that okay? Good boy, good boy, good boy. And then when you come from church, remember you have given him a promise. Call him and say, hey, boy, yeah, you are trying to tell me something when we're going to church. I'm coming there right now. You win their trust. Be a good listener. When you're a good listener, you receive information. Number one, be people's conscious. Two, tell your workers and your children what you expect from them. Three, be a good listener. Four, have a two-way door into your office. A two-way door into your home. A two-way door into your bedroom. Two-way door. The first door is the one that allows your workers to come to your office freely to share their hearts with you. Your bedroom door must be open to your children where they will come in and chat with you and talk their hearts with you. The second door is the door that leads to where your workers are. Go to where your workers are and go and get involved in what they do. You win them and you can influence them. For example, if it's a hairdressing salon, don't sit in the office and be madam. 
Open a second door in which you go to them and do the hair with them also. Let them know that you know how to do it. So that when they gather, they don't insult you. Say, Madame B, you don't know me yet. You don't know how to do it. And every day, they can't say that. Because you know the work. So, as Convention of Saints is coming, the choirs will see me coming to visit them. I just want to get out of my air conditioning room and come and sit down and see the choirs rehearse. I want to have a feel of the songs and learn some of the songs. That's influence. Number five. Be a patient leader because influencing people takes time and effort. Be a patient leader. Be a patient father. Be a patient mother because nurturing and influencing that son on you takes time and effort. It's not easy. Some people who need anointing for patience, some leaders are choir leaders. Choir leaders don't have patience at all. They need to go through deliverance, all of them. Number six, give your employees problems to solve, but also give them the opportunity to grow. Give them problems to solve, but also give them the opportunity to grow. Give your children problems to solve. Get involved in their homework. Teach them. Give them extra assignments. When they do their work, give them some gratis, some gifts. We are going to Israel. And uh, I'm sponsoring certain people from the church to go. And I was wondering who should go. And so I just prayed and I said, Lord, as I bump into people, let me know. Then suddenly I bumped into the chief usher. I said, ah, so far, you've been working very hard. You are going to go to Israel. Is that okay? Went to the director of administration. I said, you are joining me to Israel. Free. She has money. She can buy. She's a chartered accountant. She can buy her ticket to Israel. But this is love from the father. I'm showing gratitude for the work she does. Give your, your children opportunity to grow. Seven, keep your promises. Keep your promises. Why? Because credibility brings trust. Credibility brings trust. Keep your promise. Your, the greatest influence over your children is when you give them promises and you honor your promise. Hey, you'll be king Kong to your children. They believe you. Hey, daddy. Hey. Anything you tell them, they believe because you don't lie to them. But when you start lying to them and they lose their trust in you, hey, you are in trouble. If some stupid drunkard, stupid, foolish, alcoholic person or drug addict wins their trust, you are finished. You are finished. Don't let outsiders win your children's trust. Win their trust by telling them the truth and keeping your promises to them. Not only your children, but your workers and your friends and your colleagues. 
Number eight, always tell the truth. Don't lie. Tell your partner and your spouse every truth that he has to know, that she has to know about you and your past so that he doesn't hear it from somewhere. Some of you, oh, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I, I want a relationship to grow small. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And then he goes to hear it from somewhere. You are finished. Tell the truth always. If they will hang you, let them hang you. You have spoken the truth. Number nine. Be a problem preventer rather than be a problem solver. Try to preempt the problems and prevent them from happening because when you want to solve the problems, it becomes more expensive. Prevention is better than cure, they say. Practical example. Friday, we had come to church and we were getting home. Then we saw a car at our gate. So we called one of the security. What's the car doing at our gate? My daughter Joshua had called Uber because she wanted to go out to go and buy something. And all those who could drive her in the house, everybody was out. Her sisters, papa, drivers had closed. And she's the only person who doesn't drive. So she called Uber. Then we got there. Then the mother said, so who is going with you to where you are going? Then she replied, oh, Uber is very safe. Uber is safe. Who told you that everything is safe? Uber is safe until the devil sends one agent. So the mother said, it's okay to call Uber. Nobody is there to drive you. But there are security men in the house. Let one person jump into the car because we want, we want to prevent a problem rather than solving problem. And because we do not know what is in the head of everybody, let's do prevention. When you are a father, that's your responsibility over your children. Prevent the problem by being proactive. Your, your daughter is bringing different men to the house. Today, black. Next time, white. Next time, tall. Next time, short. Next time, mustache. Another time, Rasta. And then when you are coming, you are, you are very happy. <laughs> you are welcome to my house. <laughs> have fun, eh? Have fun. Oh, yeah? They will have fun. <laughs> Call your daughter. Darling, I don't like these men you are bringing to the house. They don't look godly for my liking. Please. Which of them is your boyfriend? <laughs> oh, mommy. I'm now uh, moving between the four of them. I haven't decided yet. I haven't decided on, on, on any, any of the four. Your daughter can tell you this. You have lost your influence. You have no influence. Here's the last one. How to influence people. Reward good performance and good ideas and good contribution to, your, to the growth of your company. Reward people who bring ideas. Reward people who bring change or changes. My daughter was going to write final exams. GCEO level. And then her senior sisters and us, the parents, when we meet, then we'll be gossiping about her. This girl is not studying at all. Doesn't, doesn't, 
look like she's going to write exams. And we'll be gossiping. So one day I called her. I said, baby, please come, 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 come. Your exams are very close. Uh, what did you say I should buy for you? She said, I want my phone to be changed. She wanted a new iPhone. I said, the iPhone, the new one will come when the results come. So, if you want iPhone new one, the results must show. Hey! I hadn't bought the iPhone. 2 a.m., I see the light in her room. Then I go and see Charlie on the bed. Then I say, hey! Working for iPhone. Lenny, Lenny, Lenny. When the results came, eight subjects, six A's. As soon as she called me, the first thing, Daddy, my iPhone. I said, Don't worry, baby. Everything is going to be all right. Rewards. Encourage people. Reward your children. When your school uniform is neat, in a week, he said, boy, this week your school uniform is very neat. Give him some chocolate. Reward. When the results come and he has done well, give him a pat at the back. Don't, it, it must not necessarily be too big. Something little to push the confidence of the little boy and the little girl. Ah, this week your hair has been very, very neat. If you keep it like this, I'm going to buy you a bicycle. And make sure when you open your mouth and talk that big mouth, you honor it. Buddy, if you know you don't have money for bicycle, don't, don't promise bicycle. What are some of the little things we can promise our children? What are some of the little things? Chocolate, lunch at KFC. Lunch at KFC. Your, your child will be over the moon. Pizza. Football boots. Here, here is the summary of today's teaching. Here is the summary of today's teaching. We see a man of God, Elisha, who got the double portion of God's anointing. He began to influence everything. He influenced the politics of his day. He influenced the politicians of his day. He said, tell that man with the leprosy to come so that he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. The king submitted. He influenced the business people, the Shunammite woman, business woman, influenced them, influenced the place and the community so much that everybody knew that there was a prophet in town. Now, we also, we are saying that we are sort of this earth and we are born, whoever you are, the color of your skin, whether rich or poor, there is a domain that God has given you to influence somebody, influence some things, change some things. And you can only do that if you yourself will go through change of attitude. Old ways of doing things. Backward ways of doing things. Bad language. Foul language. Bad attitude. Lateness. Promise and fail. When you change these old things, then you are ready for the new wine. Because every new wine will have to stretch you. If you don't have the capacity, everything will spill on the ground. God is preparing you for a harvest. God is preparing you to be a mother. God is preparing you to be a good father. 
Different from your mother, different from your father. Different from your grandfather, different from your grandmother. God is preparing you to be a different teacher and a different professor and a different lecturer. God is preparing you to be a different pastor than the other ones who are on the streets there. God is preparing you. Influence somebody. Influence society. Ye are salt of the earth. Bring me a new bowl and put salt. And he went to the source and said, from today, this water, you are healed. May you go and heal our society and heal somebody. I love you. God richly bless you. Lift up your hands to Jesus. How have I treated my girlfriends, my boyfriends? What did I do for me to lose the first job? If you don't change your attitude, you lose the second job. What did you do to that classmate of yours? Why is it that people don't like you in the class and school? You are going to ask God for mercy and forgiveness and say, God, change my life. I want to see whether people will pray this kind of prayer. Come into my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me another chance to be a good mother. What have I done to lose the trust of my sons, my daughters, my children, my friends? Now I am married. Lord, give me the attitude so I can bond with my wife. So we'll have one heart, one mind, one attitude, one spirit. Children are going to be born. Lord, give me the salt to influence my house so that everybody in my house will be godly. Pray this prayer. You are in school. You are a school prefect. You are a businessman. You are people working under you. You are a manager. You are a director. You are a class leader. It's not an easy assignment. You have your children to nurture and to bring up. May the Lord make you salt. May the Lord give you influence. May the Lord give you the capacity to change somebody. The church is in prayer. Be truthful to God. Confess to him where your weaknesses are. Why have you not been able to win your boyfriend to church, to Christ? Why have you not been able to win your girlfriend to Christ? Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Why are your friends not following you to serve your God? Do you have the capacity for the salt which is coming, the influence? pray. May your coming to church today never be. Never go unrewarded. Your stay in church today must benefit you. The word that you have heard, God planned it. God crafted it that you should hear this word. You are born to influence. You are born to change society. You are born to change your family. You are born to change somebody's life. You are born to affect somebody's life. You are born to help somebody. You are born to pay somebody's school fees.
don't say you are too far from it you are not you are not you are not don't say I am too young you are not your pastor Sam Granchenka was affecting people when he was a student tell God to have mercy upon you ask him to forgive you the church is in prayer prayer of restoration prayer of commitment prayer of surrender surrender your life give him your heart It is our fervent prayer that this message will have an effect on your life and will lift you to the place where you belong. For an additional copy of this and any other life-changing CD, please look up the address on your CD. Royal House Chapel International, touching our generation with the power of God. God richly bless you. Ancient words will guide.